First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, are you in need of a top dog electrician? If so, Piper Electric is it. For over 35 years, Piper Electric has been the most fairly priced, dependable, and trustworthy electrical contract companies in the Denver community. If you call 303-646-6765, they will give you the BSN back-to-school hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small for Piper Electric. Let's go on with the show. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landeskog. He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dom two hands. Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good look. You won't see it tomorrow. Two on home run. Trevor Story. Touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders. Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery, your official BSN Denver beer, our favorite beer. I'm your host, Ali Monroy. Andre Simone is on the board and I've got AJ Hayfley, Drew Creaseman, Harrison Wind and Zach Stevens on today's show. Welcome, guys. What's going on, guys? Hey, hey. Honored you could get our names right, but not yours. Not my own. I don't know. <laughs> and as you can tell, my voice is like still struggling from that CU Nebraska game. I don't, it's been th- like two weeks. I don't know what's going on. Did you not talk at the CU Air Force game? Uh, uh, Were you not yelling oh, at the CU wow. Air well, Force game? I mean, I was, I was even yelling yesterday at the Avs preseason game. So <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think I'm just I would imagine <laughs> not for, not for very long. <laughs> not positive things, more like, what are you doing? But, um, yeah, I, I think I just need to stop talking, but it's kind of hard when that's your job. So <laughs> let's move on. Well, you were the one of the few people who saw the Avs preseason game. Yes. We'll start with that. AJ, what were your thoughts on the 5-0 loss it was an for the Avs? Tradition. Yes, yeah. annual. Them, them getting beat down in their, their first preseason game of the year at home by Vegas has now happened three years in a row. So, cool. They made the playoffs the last two times, so it's a 
great a harbinger of things to come. So it's a good tradition. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Especially because the Vegas team employees sit next to me in the press box and they get really excited about it. And they're like, oh, we're going to be so good. And I'm like, four of those guys are going to play for you this year. Like, So we should start making some plans for the parade, is what you're saying. I mean, <laughs> pretty Let's just much. put some initial blueprints together. Let's just, yeah, I mean, let's just talk about it a little. Yeah, it, it'll it be it's it's going to be a great season with or without Miko Rantanen. He doesn't matter anymore. Okay. Uh, wow. Oh, wow. Explain breaking, more. Hot take right news there. Here on the no, no, he's he's I mean, he's not this this has turned into a fiasco for Colorado with uh he's holding out and then the guys even guys who are signing are having immigration issues getting into the country. So, wow. if they don't get him signed now, in the next two days, he's not going to be here for opening night, regardless of, you know, how much lead time they give themselves because guys can't get into the country. They're having immigration issues. They're having visa issues. Um, guys have signed 10 days ago. Can't get into the country. Wow. So, you know, it did, and they're not even anywhere close on a contract anymore. They were close. They were almost done. And then a contract comparable came in that blew everything out of the water. And now they're back to square one, arguing over his basic worth. So what's it going to take? Uh, it's going to take Joe Sackett getting over himself and having to just do it. Will he? At this point, probably not. Wow. I mean, he's the the one defining characteristic of Sackett since he took over is he's he doesn't blink. You know, he held out. He held on to Matt Duchesne seven months longer than everybody thought he should. And we knew he was going to win that one because eventually somebody's going to cave and trade for a number one center. But there's no other team that's desperate right now. He's the desperate one, but he's trying to not act like it because that's not how you go about your business in contract negotiations. So he just has to he has to suck it up, and he's just going to have to take the L and sign the guy to a bigger contract than he wants to. Give him the extra $500,000 a year. Like, what are you doing? This is your star player. Wait, that's just, what it is, an extra 500000 a year? I mean, whatever it ends up being. You know how negotiations go. What, it, it could be five hundred. It could be 700 What's the difference at that point? Yeah. Like, right. pay him. I mean, like, at some point, it's just, like, get the deal done. Right. Like they Get the on abs, with it. The Avs have successfully recreated Mario Lemieux and Yaramir Yager in the early 90s, which won back-to-back Stanley Cups. And both guys are Hall of Famers. And that's the kind of level that McKinnon and Ranton and Iran. And... They're messing around arguing about money what just ha- as they're going into their prime. Like, are, what are you doing? Do you, how do you think this is going to affect that locker room? Right now it doesn't Okay. because they're all focused and they're all just like, hey, look, we understand a business is a business. Miko's got to take care of Miko and he'll be here, blah, 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 blah. But when games start to matter and you're in the trenches and that dude's not there, it's going to matter. You know, every point matters. These guys have come down to the very end of the season just to scrape into the postseason the last two years, and every single point matters. The points in October matter just as much as the ones in March. And if that dude's not there because he's arguing about money, it's 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 going to matter at some point to the guys in that locker room. The resentment will eventually build. And the abs front office can't allow that to happen. So focusing on yesterday's game, we had a chance to see Tyson Jost. How do you think he played? Uh, I mean, he looked like the only NHL regular from the Avs. He yeah. really did. He, they played him at center, which they're not going to this year. And so I was like, why why waste this time? But, you know, the Avs coaching staff just kind of does what it wants. And 
they, they you know, <laughs> it's I mean, a philosophy. In other words, in other words <laughs> let me just sum up AJ's kind of point here. The sky is falling. I'm going to say, they we went from, hey, they got in the first stuff. We're putting together game. plans for the parade, but the sky is falling. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you put those parade plans together. Well, you know, and then the float breaks and, oh. sure, you know. Oh, wow. The, the fire truck that they're supposed to ride on top of gets flat tires, <laughs> and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, you well, know, life happens. Right. Well, speaking of the sky is falling, let's transition into the Broncos. Where the sky is has falling. falling. <laughs> it, <laughs> has yeah, already in the midst fallen. Of falling. Yes. It's the first time, or it's, a, it's the third time in 50 years that the Broncos have started 0-2. Wow. That, that's how bad it is right now. The first time since 1999. The offense can't score points until garbage time, and the defense... I think it's also 50 years. They're only the fourth team to not have any turnovers or sacks. And this team is built on turnovers and sacks. And, I mean, not just with Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, but Vic Fangio. And so the positives are that. There you go. <laughs> wow. Thank, thanks, Zach. I was hoping, <laughs> hoping you were going to come in here and turn us around. Is there anything to do, – wh- where do you rank the – controversial parts of the game there was the missed call or the weird call on the wrapping the passer and then you know do they really have enough time to call a timeout there i mean i'm so over the excuses (laughs) i mean that's all i've heard the past three years with this team is the excuses the roughing the passer call was it was a bad call but you know what happened that exact same call happened against the bears earlier earlier in the game so it kind of cancels each other out obviously this one in more crunch time uh and then Vic Fangio says you can't do things simultaneously. I, in terms of the, if there's one second left with getting a timeout, if I'm the Bears coach, I'm saying timeout, 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 timeout. It, it can happen pretty simultaneously. I went so. back and watched it this morning. They definitely had a second there, left. There was, yeah. there was a second yeah, left. There was. So that's on the Broncos' defense for letting him go down right there. Yeah, don't let the guy keep go open go. 30 yards downfield with well, nobody I mean, near even, him. Even then, just don't touch him. Exactly. Right. Let him run a little and time runs out. You have to wait. One whole second Bad to awareness. touch the dude. Bad awareness. And, and, and yesterday, Chris Harris was the guy that touched him. He said he was more focused on why was he so wide open than than thinking about the situation. And Chris is one of the smartest guys in the game, but you're right. And, and there, there's a chance that uh, the, the rest could have deemed he gave himself up, the receiver. And when you give yourself up, uh, the, the time stops. But t- I would think that they would have ran a second or two yeah, off the clock. It would clock still take a second for everybody to understand. It's, right. That's not going to happen simultaneously. Right. The guy's laying on the ground, and he's right. like, oh, he totally gave himself up. Right. And, yeah. I mean, going more on the excuse tr- train, with especially with the pass rush you know Vic Fangio uh, on Monday comes out and says you know we're we're playing down and the pass rush needs a lead that's what I heard from Vance Joseph over and over and over again was how this pass rush can't get going until you have a lead but then they had a lead they had a lead with 31 seconds left and could have closed out the game and you didn't see Von Miller step in you didn't see well you saw Bradley Chubb step in according to the refs a little too much on that play but then fourth and 15 and you allow them, you allow Trubisky to step up, have all the time in the world, and then go 30 yards down yeah. to, a, to a wide open receiver. That was a wild en- wild ending. Our, our slack was going crazy. We were <laughs> like, <was>. what? <laughs> what funny, is happening? Funny story about that. The Rockies had just finished 
playing, and I was actually in the clubhouse as the game. And Ryan McMahon was doing an interview while everybody else was reacting to what was going on in the Broncos game and the two point conversion and everything. I'm and sure just, that's got to make the Rockies players feel great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? They they were, but uh, he and he turned around and said the same thing we all did. We you know because we finished up the interview and we're standing there. I stand between McMahon and obviously Kyle Freeland who was gutted, uh, and and McMahon's going. Why they touch him? And then and then Freeland started clarifying the rule that you just did, and it was right. kind of interesting watching these guys have the exact same kind of fan reaction and conversation that everyone else did. Uh, and, and McMahon, you know, he's a high school quarterback and stuff, so he was like, "Just don't touch him, Chris. What are you doing?" And and Freeland's going, "Man, you know, your instincts take over in that kind of situation." And seeing them kind of understand the athlete side of it too, like you said, right. just why is he so open? Right. You know. Ryan McMahon, probably a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so what do we think about Fangio going for two? At the I, end? I'm glad he because did. Because uh, I'm, awesome. I'm kind of worried, like, the whole defensive mastermind thing. Like, Fangio might be a total fraud. But I, he does have, <laughs> does have some balls on him. Like, <laughs> that was, I, it was awesome. I love that move going for two. You yeah, go I, for the win. You know, be bold and mighty forces will yeah. come yeah. to your aid. Not, Always. And not, it's not like they were moving was, the ball on awesome. the Bears the right. whole game. And not not only that, but you go for two, then you get called for a delay of game. <laughs> oh so yeah. you're pushed oh back. That was so classic. I mean, all the momentum's gone. And then you missed, you the, extra missed the extra point. But good thing they jumped offsides. And then so you get the ball back, and then you go for two again. I mean, that is showing the utmost confidence. Because it, it'd be very easy just to say, stay out there. Yeah. Field goal, stay out there. We're just going to tie this thing up after, you know, kind of really escaping a nightmare. So too many coaches play it safe. They don't play to win. And I think I think what does it tell your team when you play to win? Yeah. You know, I believe in you. It's a huge confidence boost when your coach is like, eh. Just go win the game for us. Like you, got, you got us here. Just go finish it off. Oh, Especially that's how I felt with the Kyler Murray um, Arizona right, game. Right, right. Especially like when you're 0-1. Uh, you, you just you got beat down pretty much all game. You come back, and boy, would that be just a huge momentum swing if you're able to hold them off. And then you're 1-1 and going into Green Bay. doesn't feel as daunting. So Brandon McManus said that he had seen the offsides. Do you think that's true? And that's why he like <laughs> no got <way>. got distracted <laughs> no or whatever yeah. and then it. missed it. Do you yeah. believe it? Break. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, if only Chris Harris had that kind of awareness. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> oh. So spicy. Going into Green Bay, yep. what do the Broncos need to do? I mean, it seems like the other team's offense just has it down. They need to snap the ball quickly. I mean, the same thing happened last week and this week. They snapped the ball in less than two seconds, and that's why Vaughn and Bradley can't get sacks. That's that's the excuses that they're saying. Well, I'm just a sunshine and positivity here, but the Broncos <laughs> haven't won a game ever in Wisconsin, ever. Really? No. Never have won it. They tied once, There's so that, that that's, that's the most positive thing they have going on. Um, a tie would be good right about now. It a tie would be good. And uh, here's the dumb. thing. What? I ties agree. Yeah. Ties are so bad. Like, I don't know. Well, for the Broncos, it would be like, amazing. I was going to say, what is this word? <laughs> <laughs> you don't just go 22 innings until I the sun wish. comes up. I wish. Like I wish we went five overtimes. Well, it's like the whole point of overtime is to get to the conclusion. Oh, why, do you, right. why do you – you've already committed to, hey, let's finish this. But, guys, here's the worst thing about this. We talked to Chris Harris yesterday. He's so honest, and I love that about him. But – Remember when the Broncos shut down the Green Bay Packers in 2015, and that kind of really jump-started their defense being elite and great. Aaron Rodgers looked awful. Chris was asked, how would you guys do that? And he said, we played press man, and we got pressure through the middle. But we can't do that. Why not? 
I, I don't know if it was because he doesn't think they have the dogs, as Chris Harris would call them, mm. or if he doesn't think that Vic Fangio is going to make the defense do that because Vic plays a little more zone than that. But right there, your best player is saying, the way you stop Aaron Rodgers, we can't do it. That is like, Ooh. whoa. Well, that's what you want to hear from that's your best defensive player. That's that losing culture that is surrounding that game. Right, so I hope oh, to find man. that out, what, what exactly he meant by that sometime this week. But until then, I mean, he, and then Vic Fangio, he, he's talked about the Packers twice, and he's called Aaron Rodgers one of the all-time best quarterbacks ever. And then yesterday when he talked about him, he was asked, so you, you have the Packers, and he raises his eyebrows and kind of takes a step back, and I'm like, wow, that was just a very subtle hint of how good you think this team is. Because not only do they have Aaron Rodgers, they're the number two defense in pretty much every single category right they're now. They're unreal. Unreal. Well, I think that's a, that's a tactic a lot of coaches use. You know, when you're entering a big game, you kind of talk up the opponent a little bit. That, that, Love that, on that, them a little. That's yeah. what that's what happens yeah. every single week. And then, you, mean, and then you hope they let their guard down a little bit. I mean, I saw I saw a video of the Patriots who were playing the Jets on their third string quarterback mm-hmm. this week, and Bill Belichick's talking <laughs> yeah. to that team. We got a really big challenge coming yeah. up this week. So, so you're yeah. right. That's what they do. The Jets are a hell of a team. <laughs> <laughs> with a, Heck of a team. With a great quor- quarterback. Yeah, with a quarterback. I don't even know who who it is right now. But with Vic. It, it was more so of the subtle cue of the, the raised eyebrows, and that doesn't come across uh, to many people, but it was – they're up to a big challenge. No, the Warriors did that with the Nuggets last year. Mm. There was, like, this oh big game God, at the end of the season. So we bad. go in a shoot around that morning, and Kevin Durant's talking about how the Nuggets are just this amazing team. Yeah. And Steve Kerr's like, oh, man, like, they're, they're unreal. They're, and, they're the best team in the West. And then they went and completely destroyed them. And then they poured, poured like, 60 points on the first quarter. Maybe Vic's <laughs> – ma- ma- maybe oh, Vic, so that, that'll happen with the Broncos. Yeah. We got to talk about the elephant in the room, Garrett Bowles. Mm. I Why know did something happened. <laughs> <laughs> I know the Broncos. Hold on a moment. Don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know the Broncos don't have many other options, but what what is going on? Why is he not being like he he doesn't even know what he's doing wrong? He had yep. five holding. You yeah. know, okay. Yeah. I was no, I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the problem, Allie, is he doesn't know what he's doing wrong. And since that game on Sunday, multiple people have said that, including John Elway yesterday. He says, we have to have Garrett understand what he's doing wrong. How, how do you not understand? You have the no. best offensive line coach in the league, and it, it tells me that he just is, isn't listening doesn't care I don't know what exactly it is but come on they know what he's doing wrong they're they're telling him what he's doing wrong but this is really bad and it's even worse than I thought he came into the league known for holding he had the most penalties most holding penalties in college his rookie year he led the league in holding had nine last year led the league in holding had 10 this year he has five called on him through two games he's on pace for 40 (laughs) holding penalties he led the league last year with 10 He's on pace for forty. It's I mean, so at some bad. point they'll have to they'll have to cut bait. Like, if, obviously, if it continues, it's pretty Bro, clear. Bro, you've got a record like forty on the line. <laughs> you ride that. Well, it's pretty clear when it's that history, is. Bro. When, Un- when they move record, on. like right. Well, it's it's pretty clear when they when they move on, and that's when Juwan James comes back because right now the Broncos don't have depth. Yeah. they have no one. So when Juwan James is back, they'll move Elijah Wilkinson to the left side. There you go, easy enough. Until then. You just cross your fingers and hope it doesn't get to 40. I also think it's just it goes back to John Elway's stubbornness of he drafted this guy. That 2017 draft class 
how many of those are still on the team. Um, and it's just, he's like, oh, riding it out, kind of like the whole Paxton Lynch thing. Yep, and they moved on from Paxton right before the start of his third year. John's probably wishing they did that with Garrett since this is his third year as well. But it's it's making one thing very easy for John. He has to pick up the fifth-year option on Garrett Bowles after this year. Probably not going to do that. Well, we've seen that it's tough for Elway to take the L on some of these draft picks before. Definitely. You know, yep. like Paxton Lynch. So. Yep. Like, I mean, he's yeah. cut like Joe Sackick. We were talking about Joe Sackick. You know, like he cut Monte years. Ball. He cut he cut Paxton Lynch. Recently, yeah, he's got like better first at round picks. It's well, like yeah. I mean, like you him. do want to like give them, you know, enough enough rope to see them hang themselves for with sure. it, right? Like, for sure. You don't you don't want to just you don't want to cut a guy like that too soon and watch him go light it up elsewhere. You want to be sure that that guy sucks because you you used a prime pick on yeah. him. So I can understand, like, hey, we're gonna exude a little more patience. No, yeah, I'm not than saying maybe necessary, yeah. but I don't I don't know that it's so much a John Elway pride thing as it is. We have to be right if I'm, we're gonna yeah. do this. I'm if not we're gonna saying, cut this guy loose, yeah. you know. And so far they have been. Like Monte Paul hadn't gotten a job. Paxton Lynch had one great preseason game against Denver, and then that was it. He's a, he's out of a job. You know, so they've been right about it, but I think they have cut bait when it's become obvious. Like, these guys are bad. You know, I mean, Carlos Henderson, he was a third-round pick on him, and dude never did anything for them. Brendan he's, Langley. Yeah, right. Oh. Yeah. They've they've moved on from these picks when it's like, yikes. The problem is the picks in the first place. Yeah, yeah well, I don't think it's necessarily, right. like, time to cut them by any means. I oh, mean, I, I think that that time is coming. Here's, I mean, well, here's, on, a, on a crappy team, like, I mean, you definitely want to see – if you have anything there. Right, exactly. And here's how you have to view it. If Garrett Bowles was cut, would he be picked up by someone else right now? Probably. Pro- probably, yeah. He'd be picked up as a, as a project, as a backup, maybe as, as like a, a second or a, th- a third string backup, but he'd be picked up. And so what are you going to do? You're going to go pick up someone off the street that no team wants right now yeah. and replace it with him? That That's just what's tough. But I, I do think that if it – goes anywhere down this line and it's going now, he's obviously not going to be the starter, probably not here next year. If he if he gets picked up by another team, it's because there are no good tackles in football. Like they and just that's, can't that's find the it's issue. not right. It's not it has nothing to do with Garrett Bowles. Right. It has everything to do with the, the dearth of talent league wide at the position. Exactly. So who is the Rockies player who's in this exact same position right now? Desmond? Well, no, you would. <laughs> but that's a whole other, whole other can of <laughs> there's, there's a pitcher that the Rockies have who's a first-round draft pick that actually traded for him who just keeps getting chances over and over and over again, not showing well. But they have to keep giving him opportunities because if they cut him, someone else would absolutely go pick him up, and they don't have depth at the spot. It's Jeff Hoffman. Garrett mm-hmm. Bowles is Jeff Hoffman who – you see all the potential, all the natural talent is there, but and you're still holding on to him because the the pedigree of the draft and uh, it, they didn't actually draft him, but they, he was the marquee part of the Troy Tulowitzki trade. So GMs, man, like when when you spend those kind of resources on a guy and then he still got talent. But I, I want to ask you this because Hoffman two or three starts ago, he went out and he gave up five home runs in two innings. Uh, and then said maybe four words in post game, and I thought to myself, I'm never going to see that guy again. This is it. I'm never seeing Jeff Hoffman again in my life. He went down for two weeks. The Rockets had a couple more injuries. <laughs> he came right back, and he made these like dramatic adjustments. And he was talking to us. He said, "I was shutting out." He admitted, like, "I wasn't listening to my coaches. I really wasn't." Which I was surprised. He just came out and said, "It was like it took me getting really embarrassed to realize that I needed to build myself back up." Garrett Bowles got straight up 
embarrassed. I mean, we're he's getting booed by his own people, starting riots from his own fans. It's all over Twitter. It's all the top stories on BSN Denver. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's the talk of the town. Is there a chance that he this is the thing that locks him in and he goes, OK, I'm going to let someone make me better. If it's ever going to happen, it'd be right now when Emmanuel Sanders also comes out and says what he's doing is not okay. And if his teammates don't take the approach that his his offensive linemen are taking and saying we're behind him 100 percent, we we love Garrett, he's doing the right thing. No, no. If if Emmanuel Sanders does tell him that, if Mike Munchak does tell him that, if Vic Fangio tells him that, then then maybe. But this is who he is. You know, it it, it was who he was in college, and it's been he, he's like this for the first three years of, of of his career as well so it's hard to just think that okay this is going to change now all right well we've we've been a little hard on the team so let's see if there's any positives that fans should look for against green bay on sunday joe flacco looks pretty good you know he he looks like the joe flacco that he he looks he he doesn't look <laughs> terrible he's <laughs> <laughs> it went with pretty good. He looks like the Joe Flacco that the Broncos traded for. And that's he's going to keep you in games. He's probably not going to win many games on his back, but he's going to keep you in it. And there, a lot of people were concerned he was he he fell off the ledge. Well, he didn't. He's still Joe Flacco. And the defense, you can you can look at the zero sacks and zero turnovers and flip it and say the sacks and turnovers are going to come, right? You have two top five picks, and they're going to create pressure, especially against Aaron Rodgers, who does hold on to the ball a little bit more. Um, and if you get Todd Davis back this week, that's that's going to be bigger than anyone ever thought Todd Davis himself could be from a leadership perspective, um, from a, a playing perspective. He's going to be a huge upgrade, so that will help as well. Well, <laughs> AJ's over there is biting AJ's his tongue. AJ's not agreeing. AJ, speak up. <laughs> Todd Davis is that important to your team? You're a bad GM. <laughs> I mean, it, no one ever thought that that people were that people were going to want Todd this much. The inside linebacker position has continued to be a problem for like five years, and he just keeps ignoring it. He could have drafted Devin Bush. Yeah, instead he wanted a. You know, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> Devin Bush not playing great though. In fairness. Yeah, well, and like fine, but in the trade down was great. Like that that was I thought was a, was a great move, was a great decision. Uh, but then you you just shoot yourself in the foot by taking a tight end. So <laughs> I'm not. I don't need to get into this again. I've, <laughs> I've wasted enough of the Broncos podcast time in my life doing this. But <laughs> it's just it's you make obvious mistakes that you know. If I can sit here and be like, oh well, that's stupid, and it just continues to play out that way. Like, how are you still employed? I'm a well, hockey when writer. When you don't really have a boss. To fire you, yeah. Like, what is exactly. Joel's doing? You can that helps. Stay That's nice. Yeah. Like, what is his position exactly? Who's Joelis? President, President of the team. Yeah. yeah. So he has a boss, but what is he just also inept? But then you got to think of Joelis then having to go find another GM, and then if that like so if him doing jo his job, John Elway being bad, like it's still John Elway in this town. Like him going and firing John Elway, and then getting another GM that's also bad. It's it's Look, the John, fan base. John will Elway riot. is. John. <laughs> I'm just telling you, like this is, this the other like, side of from, it. We've gone from like John Elway, like led the team. They won the Super Bowl. And that's great. And now, like, all of these, like, oh, the team has only had two losing years. And, you know, since Pat Bowen owned the team and 
you know, now, oh, great, now they're 0-2, and, and, you know, it's just the, all of the bad things are starting to, like, stack up. I where you're agree. like, hey, look, the Josh McDaniels era is not looking so bad right now. I agree, but that's just the other side of it. <laughs> he said it. Yeah, went there. He did. He did. I mean, and that was like everybody was like, "Oh, it was the darkest days of Broncos history." And it's like we sat through two years of Vance Joseph. Mm-hmm. Was the is the whole thing just masked by Peyton Manning? Is that it? Is it just Elway? It was. It was. Elway like, got Peyton. Like he got, he got, got Manning, and yeah. that made it easier for him to go like ham in free agency. Yeah. No. And they and they they you know and then like Ware and Ward and like all and Talib. Like they went and they got all those guys, and but they also built like a really good. Where was washed up? Talib was a total risk. T.J. Ward was like, eh, I mean, he's limited. He's, he's, he's in, a a, in the box safety. Peyton was a huge risk on Emmanuel health. You know, Sanders? It's, right? It's easy to say in retrospect. Emmanuel had never done anything close to a thousand yard season. So you know, those calls in free agency were pretty good. I mean, they nailed those, and like that that whole era, like that was a golden era in Broncos history for a reason. Yeah. But it's over. Yeah. No, it is. And it's been over. And, like, at what point do you draw the line in the sand and you're like, this is clearly not working anymore. And it's it's time to cut bait and burn the whole thing down and bring all new people in to do something. So if you want positivity from this, if you want to look yeah. at, the, at, <laughs> at, the, at the bright side and maybe why, what Joe Ellis is thinking It's not is, Miami. <laughs> you're right. And well, they're both uh, 0 2. And it, it's true. I haven't got outscored, what, 102 to 3 in the yeah, first two nice. games? At least it's not that. But you say the, the past two drafts have been encouraging, and maybe you don't say that yeah. about this draft after these two games. Well, but I think, I think last it still is. Draft, I mean, Locke and Reisner, like, yep. and you expect Fant eventually to be competent, but sure. it's like. Tight ends typically do take well, a and while. That's, and that's, that was my whole thing, though, is right. that like you're obsessed with winning today. You're obsessed right. with winning right now. You have to compete immediately. And you take a position that doesn't produce anything with rookies ever, historically. Like, we're talking like it would have taken – it it in two games in, it's still possible. I want to totally write off Noah Fant and be like, oh, it's never going to happen. But it would take something historically unusual – for him to be a productive player in year one, which is what they need. And, like, the, you could talk to yourself, oh, you know, he's a perfect fit. And, you know, he's he's a, the, the athletic mismatch, and Joe Flacco loves tight ends. And it's like, okay, great. Like, through two games, we're not seeing any of this. And all we're seeing him do is just whiff on blocks. Like, right. the guys, I mean, the guys, it, it's not like getting beaten. Like, putting him one-on-one against Khalil Mack, like, that's a coaching issue. Right. Are yeah. you high? <laughs> <laughs> or the two negative plays to him. The, the, like, those have been poor designs. Right. Well, and, like, and we've seen him just whiff on blocks, that on plays that turned into positive plays because somebody did something awesome, but it had nothing to do with his incompetence. <laughs> and they just keep rolling him out there, and they're like, ah, oh, we just expect him to, what, just figure it out on the fly? <laughs> like, at what point is it like, okay, these coaches are also incompetent? Because I mean, you're putting you're putting you have players that aren't developing, and then players that aren't learning. That's like the coach's job. They've got beat in every single phase th- these first two weeks. It, it's not just the players. It's not just the coaches. You you can point to every single thing. Yeah. So well, and, and like depth isn't there. No. Nope. They 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 have to sign a CFL dude to return punts for you. Yeah. The yep. CFL? Yeah. You ever watch that league? <laughs> I watch a fair amount of it. <laughs> and those what? dudes are awful. <laughs> Dude, how much time do you have on your hands? <laughs> well, when you don't sleep much. Also, the CFL is great. Like, 
it's not great for talent, but it's wildly entertaining, mm. like weird version of football. Okay. So well, what I heard was the Broncos won the week. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. Zach, what's what do you think this record is going to be at the end of the season? I thought it was going to be eight and eight at the beginning of the season. I had I have to change it. It's not. Were no. you high? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ryan had nine and seven. You went all the way through training camp watching these dudes <laughs> every day. <laughs> Because you know who looked good? Every day. You know who looked good? Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Were they, were they, the were they serving you? They were going, no. <laughs> in there? They were going against the Broncos O-line. That's why they, they used to do it. Every day, dude. And you thought that they were going to be a 500 football team? Okay. <laughs> but now I have to adjust it. <laughs> right now, th- the ball will bounce their way, uh, you know, occasionally. They will get the calls at the end of the game, even though they don't get them at the beginning. But it's looking like, it's looking like the past few years. It's looking like five and eleven, mm. and they could easily start one and seven or two and six, mm. and that, yeah. Mm. Okay, well. Yeah. You mean to tell me there are going to be five Sundays where I'm not going to be embarrassed as <laughs> a Broncos fan? <laughs> all right, clearly a- that. AJ's going to need some alcohol on Sunday. We all are. So if that's the case for you guys. Be sure to check out Total Beverage. They're giving us an incredible deal. It's 30% off your purchase of $25 or more using the promo code BSN2019 online or on the Total Beverage app. They also deliver to most of the metro area from Lakewood to Boulder, from Aurora to Brighton, and they have the lowest prices in the state. So don't let this offer pass you by. Order today and receive 30% off your purchase of $25 or more using the promo code BSN2019. All right, so we talked a lot about the Broncos and a little bit about the Avs in the last segment, so we didn't have a chance to hear Drew talk to us about the lovely Rockies. They are lovely, aren't they? <laughs> They're they, Look at them winning baseball games. They won four straight yeah. and six of their last seven. Well, now six of their last eight. Right. The uh, The loss against the Mets last night was pretty non-competitive. But, yeah, they've been playing well. They've been doing it against good teams. Uh, not so much the Padres, who they swept, but certainly the Cardinals and the Mets, who have a ton to play for. Uh, so, they're yeah, they're playing – frustratingly and ironically some of their best like sound fundamental baseball of the season and they're also having so much fun again and do you think it's because they were officially eliminated that that pressure kind of went away it was funny that they rattled off four straight wins after being mathematically eliminated um i do think there's some of that too but i also think that a lot of it is just that having been mathematically eliminated gives you this kind of cover is that I, I know a lot of fans when they think the season is over, they think you should just start playing all the young guys every single day immediately. And just, they never want to see Ian Desmond ever again or any veteran ever again. And I, I totally understand that, but there is an integrity of the game when you're playing teams that are vying for postseason spots. You can't just be handing games away. Uh, but once you are mathematically eliminated, you can kind of start saying, well, let's play Garrett Hampson every single day. And sometimes it's second, sometimes in center field. Let's get Hilliard out there every other day. Uh, let's, you know, do things like have Rico Garcia pitch in the ninth inning uh, th- th- so that you can get a little more experimental. And that allows these guys who haven't been getting opportunities to play for their future opportunities. So I think that is really brought some energy to the team and some fun to the team because a lot of these wins are coming because of guys like Garrett Hampson and that's been fun to see 
So Yay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Garrett Hampson getting hit three hits a game and like legging out singles on poorly hit infield baseballs is pretty fun. It's it's fun to watch comparatively. <laughs> and there is a <laughs> there's a it does bode well for the future because you know know that there are some guys who are playing right now for the Rockies who just aren't going to be around next year. And there are some guys who are no matter what and are going to need to step up. And a lot of people in that second category have been playing really, really well down the stretch, uh, especially the young players. And really the biggest story for them over the last couple of weeks has been in the bullpen with Jairo Diaz and Carlos Estevez. Those guys are legitimate back end of the bullpen arms, and we didn't know that at the beginning of the year. And that's something they can go into next season with. Uh, that they desperately needed, and that makes the the big job ahead of them, which is to rebuild the entire bullpen, a little bit easier. So that's that's really good news. And the other good news was Kyle Freeland got out there and pitched a simulated game yesterday, and he is hell-bent on standing back out there on a major league mound this year, throwing some pitches so he can go into his offseason with what he feels like is a full-speed kind of workout regimen uh, ready to do what he needs to do. So he's not worried about his health in the offseason. He's worried about getting back to the pitcher he was in 2018. And that's really exciting because the Rockies need that and need him to step it up. Yeah. I mean, it's a non-starter. If he doesn't, if he doesn't bounce back, they don't go anywhere. Right. And, and a lot of people are leaving it out of the conversation in a lot of ways, which is interesting, you know, and I understand why you want to make it about some of the things that you can't do anything about, I, I mentioned Desmond or, or the, the Brian Shaw, Wade Davis, Jake McGee problem. Like, those are real issues. But AJ's absolutely right. Like, the Rockies are going to go places next year if Freeland can get back on track and Gray and Marquez can continue to be what they've been, and they won't if they don't. It, it has to start there at the very least. Man, rebuilding the bullpen, that just seems like such a tall task especially after you spent so much money i mean look at look at out in oakland this year you know their their closer is amazing and the guy was dfa'd this time last year i do think bullpen guys i mean correct me if i'm wrong drew but year to year there can just be so much like randomness with them absolutely this is why your optimism about diaz and and estevez and oberg and it's like oh yeah like hey this feels good right now you've got a couple of building blocks for next year but realistically you go into next year and you're like I have no idea. <laughs> right. The I I will I will say with Oberg, uh, as long as the blood clot thing isn't an issue, and and that's just a whole other world. That's not even a sports injury. That's like way outside of our realm of knowledge, right? But as long as the I because of the steady progress that Scott Oberg has made, and because of conversations I've had with him about the differences in pitching at Coors Field and on the road, and all of the regimented things he's had to do to figure out like. He has become basically the Charlie Blackman of the pitching staff. Like he has honed a whole routine around this issue. And I think figured out Coors Field more than maybe any reliever they've ever had. And so that's that's why I feel pretty good about Oberg. And Estevez, I see a similar like he's got quite a bit of experience there. And we've seen but for him, for for me with Estevez and Diaz, it's that they've got the best swing and miss stuff by far in the bullpen uh and they don't have a ton of wear and tear on their arms with diaz you've got this nice combination of a guy who's a little bit older he's 28 29 years old he's been through some life i don't know if you guys know but but he lost his wife in a terrible accident a couple of years ago as he was recovering from tommy john surgery so he's been through real world stuff and so he's, he's not rattled by pitching the ninth inning 
against the Cardinals. You know what I mean? And and so there's a and also he throws 98 with a wicked slider. If he can harness that at all, there's stuff you can't teach. And so he's definitely the rawest of them, but he doesn't have the wear and tear on his arm that most 28, 29 year old relievers do. As a, in pitching age, he's really he's 25 years old. You know, um, no, you, you, there's no guarantees in any bullpen ever, but. I think you pr- feel pretty good about taking flyers on those guys because they're not making any money. And then you can pay these veterans literally just to go away and start taking your chances on whoever else can show up. Well, and the beauty is some of the guys that they've been starting in this last month could be inserted into the bullpen when all the starters are healthy next year. Absolutely. When does Jeff Hoffman the reliever happen? I think that could be a really interesting and, – and if he's legitimately adjusted his attitude because I think his attitude – I don't think overall Jeff Hoppins had a bad attitude, but I think he's had a I'm a starter, I was a first-round pick attitude. Mm. And sometimes I can work in your favor, yeah. and sometimes it can work against you. Confidence bordering on entitlement. Yeah, and he's been humbled this season, and I think some of it's real. I mean, and I'm not joking when I said after that game where he gave up the five home runs, Jeff Hoppin came in and maybe said four words in the post-game press conference, and they were all, no, yeah, didn't matter. That was it. And uh, that was a bad sign, dude. Uh, and I believe he got a talking to by <laughs> somebody, um, by lots of people, not just about his pitching performance, but the whole attitudinal thing. So, yeah, if he took the right a guy who can throw 97 with a wicked hook and doesn't have to save anything. Yeah, he should be looked at in a reliever role. If he if he if he took to it, he could be great there, but he has to embrace it. I mean, we've seen a lot of starters do that, yeah. you know, where they're just like, oh. I can't get guys out for three innings anymore. You know, what's to say he's not an Andrew Miller type? That's got to be the thing. Like, it's probably really tough when you're a starter to just accept it. Like, all right, I'm not good enough to be a starter. I got to go to the pen. But then once you're there and you have some success, you're like, all right, I can do this. Well, and it's at some point it's like, do you want to be in the big leagues or do you want to be in AAA? Yeah. 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 You know, which which one's more important to you, being a starter or being in the big leagues? Because I think we're reaching where rubber meets the road with Jeff Hoffman. Mm-hmm. You know, they've tried and they've tried and they've waited and they've waited and they've waited. And it just it hasn't translated for a guy getting through five innings. Yeah. But he's got the kind of nasty stuff that absolutely profiles for the back end of a bullpen. And yeah. the Eric Gagne style glasses, too. I mean, right. Don't underestimate right. Glasses that. are very important for a closer. A hundred percent. That can elevate ex- your game. Ex- sports accessories are super underrated. Yeah. I know, right? I've been watching a lot of old uh, 90s NBA games, and the Horace Grant goggles are oh. just amazing. I love that They're look. amazing. I don't think goggles really work or glasses work for a starter, but for a reliever and for a closer, money. Yeah, absolutely. And and we saw, like, Chad Bettis did this this year, where Chad Bettis never really thought of as, like, a power pitcher. He's a four... Throwing 96 in the pen. Yeah, they put him in the pen all of a sudden, and, and I think he's going to get a shot to throw out of the pen next year for similar Oberg reasons. I think Chad Bettis has a real sense of, like, Coors and not Coors and how to stabilize that whole situation. But... Yeah, Hoffman could be – he already can hit 97. If you said don't save anything, right. just go out and let it loose in one inning. Hoffman could be a 98 to 99-mile-an-hour guy with that fastball, uh, a curveball that no one can hit. And that's the, the – I always joke, guys can't hit his curveball. If he could throw it every single time, the, the problem is you just let it go because, you know, that's the only thing that's coming. You have to honor him with the fastball mm. he can't locate the fastball it gets hit over the fence mm-hmm. give him another two or three miles an hour on that thing it might not matter as much if he hits his spot all right well 
As the Rocky season is coming to an end, we have Nuggets training camp starting oh, next, thank God. next week. Yeah, well, we two weeks from yesterday, two weeks from Tuesday. How excited are you? I mean, I'm excited because there's a lot to look forward to. I mean, they're bringing back the same team. They added uh, a big piece in Jeremy Grant, who's going to be a big difference. Uh, expectations are high. So, uh, I mean, there's just a, a lot to look forward to. It's it's an incredibly exciting time to, to be around the team for sure. Can I, can I ask what even is NBA training camp? <laughs> NBA training like, camp training is pretty camp is much just different for all the sports. Uh, NBA training camp is just pretty much practice, you know. And, and in the NBA, it's funny because there's not like usually a ton of position battles going on. Maybe there's like one per team. It's not like guys are fighting it out for a ton of roster spots. Maybe there's one competition for a final roster spot. But usually NBA teams go into training camp with a pretty good idea of exactly what the rotation is going to be. There's not a ton that's necessarily up in the air. It's pretty much just about, all right, uh, we're all you know getting together, building chemistry, and you know just getting on with it. Are the Nuggets going to save us? Because it sounds like the Broncos are dead. AJ just threw a ton of ice water on the Avs. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if you've watched the this Rock. year when uh, Rantanen uh, inevitably shows uh, up, but it's like it's, it's fair to it's fair to wonder. Is Rantanen making less money than Brian Shaw? Well, right now he's not making any. Well, money. right. I mean, is he going to make mo less money than Brian Shaw? Um, right now he's no, making less actually. money than okay, you, Drew. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right now, making Rantanen. <laughs> yeah. But Shaw well, makes nine million, right? Yeah. Yeah, he'll make more than that. Okay. He'll get about ten. Okay. Come on, though. Come on. So significantly less than Wade Davis. Anyway. Yeah. Well, well and that'll make him like the second highest paid guy at his position. So uh, NHL. Yeah. It's not, it's not as much money over there, I guess. Mm -mm. The team that has a lot of money, like or the sport is NBA. The guarantees, at least. Oh, well, yeah. The guaranteed contracts is, is a game changer. <laughs> Those are crazy. great. Paul Millsap's easily making the most money of anyone in town. 30 like, mil? Sports wise. Yeah. Or maybe 30. I think a little over 30 mil. Yeah. Okay. Nolan's going to start making around in that. I can't That's remember true. when his Nolan's, new con. Nolan's but it's going to be a 30-plus yeah. whenever that kicks mm -hmm. in. So, what were, you, what were you saying? I was just <laughs> saying, are the Nuggets going to save us? I need I need some fun but excellent professional sports to watch. Oh, for sure. The Nuggets have an incredibly high floor. That, that's the thing mm. with them. Like, There's very little scenarios out there that could happen where they you know, really drop out of the playoff picture. Like with Jokic, a guy who's just an Iron Man and doesn't get hurt and just plays in every game. Um, <laughs> Let's touch wood. Yeah. Even though you know they could rest him a little next year, more than they did last year, but just with him, they have such a high floor where they're going to be really good. Yeah, you know they're bringing everybody back. They're going to be really legit. It reminds me of how I used to build teams like on NBA 2K when I really loved the team, and so you you kept it, but you'd go and get one guy, and mm -hmm. Jeremy Grant seems like that guy that you just. Like, you don't want to mess with the chemistry of your team because you love it so much. But you're like, there's a thing they could need. What's that one thing? And you go get the guy, and they did that. It's weird. Like, oh, he, he was an <laughs> It never works that way in real life. In 2K, right. you can just be like, force trades, dude. <laughs> like, well, the whatever. best part about Jeremy Grant is they got him for nothing. They didn't yeah. really have to give up much a draft pick. And when you're a really good team in the NBA, draft picks don't mean as much. I mean, you can use them in trades, but you know, they don't mean as much if you're, uh, if, than if you're a lottery team. They mean a lot more. The, the 25th pick. Yeah, and right. Not, right. Not doing a whole right. Lot Who are you going to draft? Play. Who are you going to draft? Like Tyler Lydon? I mean, right. <laughs> um, but Jeez. no, the Jeremy Grant thing, like, that's such a beautiful picture perfect fit. And I really do think he's somebody that elevates them from maybe a team that tops out 
where they did last year, second round or conference finals, and moves them into a tier as a team that could win the West. I think he's going to make that big of a difference. And there's just not a lot up in the air with this team coming to training camp. Like I was just talking about, everything's pretty much decided. I think they know who their starting lineup is going to be, although I think there could be some competition at that small forward spot. And like Michael Porter Jr., that's obviously probably the biggest storyline heading into camp. And you know he kind of ties into what they might do at small forward. And then Jeremy Grant's the other storyline. How does he fit in? So there's not a ton up in the air with this team. They know who they are. It's crazy what? how much better they could be just with Michael Porter Jr. just being even just like okay. Mm-hmm. And then Jeremy Grant. Well, then how about the internal improvement that they'll yep. get from right, yep. 22-year-old Jamal Murray? Well, and, and Gary Harris not having a really weird and if he can stay healthy, not great season. Right, yeah. Like, he wasn't very good last year. And the oh. guys on the bench, Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, no, nobody's factoring in just how they can get better, I feel right. like. That's one of the most underrated things, I think, in all sorts, is the people forget that, like, players still develop at the highest level if right. they're, you know – 22, 23. I've been running into that a lot with the Rockies because their farm system is terrible now. People say, they've got no help. I'm like, David Dahl's 25 years old. In yeah, baseball, that's young. In, yeah, in, or, in playing at course Field right now. Right. Like, and I feel like the Nuggets are in a very similar situation where people are like, um, they didn't get anything. And it's like, they got a, all dudes who are approaching their prime. They're mm-hmm. still – they. Who do the Nuggets have who's on the wrong side of the prime curve? It was, it Paul was Millsap. 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 And That's you can probably say, like, Mason Plumlee's not, you know, adding stuff to Mason his game. Mason Plumlee right is now. ageless. Mason right. Plumlee I mean, is exactly the player he's, he's always been. One of the best backup centers in the league, but yeah. he's not in the category of, like, a Malik Beasley who's just starting to tap into his potential. Right. So with the way training yeah. camp is set up for you, what are you hoping to, like, get out of all of this? Really just probably some clarity on what they're going to do at small forward position. Like I said, it's the one thing that's up in the air. Uh, I think there could be somewhat of a competition there, you know, at at small forward. I think Will Barton will probably go in there as the leader in the clubhouse for for that job. But I I think some guys could could challenge him for it if they have a really strong preseason, you know, like a Malik Beasley. Well, we'll see what Porter has. Um, But that's probably the one thing that, will really come out of training camp in the preseason that will, that will be the most interesting subject, I guess, what they do at that position. So do you expect Michael Porter Jr. to be playing in the first game of the season? I think there's a really good chance he could. I mean, if what we've been hearing the whole summer has been even 70% of the truth, <laughs> he looks amazing, and he looks like a guy who can contribute to the rotation. Um Look, rookies in the NBA, it's tough because they're usually not like above replacement level players. You right. know, rookies are always going to be bad on defense. It takes them a while, half a season maybe, to get really acclimate, acclimated to the NBA. We saw that with Trey Young last year. Like he was a different player over the last couple months than he was over the first couple months. So it's not going to be a scenario where he comes out and is just immediately this unbelievable guy. At least I don't think so. It's going to take some time, but. I think there is a scenario where he's uh, playing opening night rotation minutes. Um, yeah. Unless we've just been we, fooled this entire summer. What about Bulbul? Are we gonna? Be, are you gonna have a chance to see him at all during training camp? 
Yeah, we'll see him. Um, <laughs> it's going to be hard to miss him. He will be in the gym. Well, with the two-way contract and all of that. Yeah, so the two-way He's contract, the that 45-day clock doesn't start until the G League season starts. So okay. that's into November. So he'll spend the first you know, three weeks or so with the Nuggets for sure. But I don't think we'll hear from him much next season. <laughs> Nor should we. I mean, he, he's got to, you know, take a full year to really develop, maybe two. So I don't think we'll see much from him or hear much from him this year. I feel like he's got really high-level towel-waving potential. Mm. <laughs> like, with those limbs and everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he could just be a, a maniac waving those things yeah. around if he wanted. Like, I wonder if he could distract the free-throw shooter at all just because <laughs> he's <laughs> so tall. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wave his arm, like, onto the court, and, like, yeah. he'd be halfway to the hoop. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Vision, you're yeah. What? See this seven. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> See this seven-two guy. Good thing Zach's not here anymore. Yeah, right? See this seven-two guy waving a towel in the corner. Yeah. What is that? Harrison got really excited for that. Yes, Zach had to leave to go do his job and cover uh, the Broncos. I like that we're at the end Weird. of the second segment, just addressing. I know. <laughs> Zach is just gone. If if you were if you thought he he had no comments on he was anything Rockies or Nuggets, but I will say the. Bowles' rookie year will be fascinating to track because he should be able to just put up stupid numbers in the G League. I will say, you said Bowles, and I just twitched. <laughs> Bowles. 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 Bowles' year in the yeah. G League. I mean, he should put up monster numbers. He already has uh, – his jersey is in the Pepsi Center. Is it? Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be a huge seller. Bowles Bowl is – the rafters. Bowles, if you go it. by Instagram <laughs> followers, is the most popular player on the Nuggets roster. Really? He has more Instagram followers than the entire Nuggets starting lineup combined. That's phenomenal. He's a celebrity. Wait, is Jokic on Insta, though? No. Uh-oh. <laughs> but everybody else is. I would love Jokic's Insta stories. No, the thing about Bull is Bull is a celebrity. Like, he is a, a celebrity. He grew up in the Instagram age. He was, you know, a top 10 guy in high school, McDonald's All American. He has more celebrity pull than probably anybody on the Nuggets roster, probably more than Michael Porter Jr., who might be second in, in that category. Wow. It, it reminds me of a time I went to. The only Colorado Rapids game I've ever been to was when Freddie Adu was playing for mm-hmm. – um, what, what what MLS team went? D.C. United. Was, it was D.C. Yeah, United. DC? And he was like 16 years old. And there's all these dudes who are running out there, you know, 27, 30-year-old professional – Soccer players, I hate that word, but footballers, <laughs> and uh, I do, I hate that word. <laughs> and and here's this 16-year-old kid, and they're all warming up, and then on the big screen they played a Nike commercial featuring him and Pele, and I was like, wow. And that was even kid. before like the real social media age. Right. It'd be even bigger now. Right. Yeah. Do any of the abs really use social media? I honestly don't know. I don't think so. Hockey's not like that. Yeah, they're really not about... I don't pay very much attention. I know that just from seeing other people send me still like screenshots of stuff, uh, that they're all very active on each other's instas. Yeah. And like they like to comment on and and they like to comment on uh the Avalanche uh Instagram. <laughs> but like funny. I don't know how active they are yeah. really. But like, that was like beyond my age <laughs> like yeah i like i like i got to twitter and it was like we're good yeah i don't know the insta at all like i, I have I one but i i, See, don't, I don't even have it. one. gotta get you guys hip <laughs> yeah, yeah that's it's mean, gonna take more than a insta account I think. <laughs> <laughs> here here brother here, here. <laughs> we get we're, we're like the line of demarcation and of the social media 
right. uh, like revolutions, you know, where we, we only got so far. And then at some point it was like, dude, I'm not making another social media account. <laughs> Done. What's the difference in all these? Uh, well, social media, pictures. You want to have some good tea. While you're taking those pictures. Expert transition. Wow. Our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. And you just want to do that in general if you want want to be Insta-famous. So check them out today online or call them at 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. All right, it's time for our favorite segment, Who Won the Week? Let's play our favorite jingle. Who did the most and who did the least? Who was the dog and who was the beast? Who's in the boat and who's up a creek? Let's see. Who won the week? All right, so last week... We ha- it was close. Who won the week? We had Rockies for actually winning a game. Hey, they won four since. Hey. <laughs> Connor Timmons for finally getting on the ice and playing well. Nuggets for signing Bull Bull to a two-way contract. And I realize I spelled yo instead of two. Um, and D, buffs for beating Nebraska. And the buffs won. Sure. By 52%. Right. Which is hilarious because a bunch of delusional buffs fans don't realize that that was the high watermark of their season. Okay, well, as you can tell, AJ was a little salty about it and even tweeted, (laughs) like, really, Avs fans, you're going to let the Buffs beat us this year? Like, And a lot of your Avs followers were like, uh, yeah, did you watch that game? (laughs) A bunch of them also, those ones that you saw, those are all CU alums. (laughs) Uh, Where it's like, you guys are forgetting, like, what's actually important here. But it was a big fun. win. Obviously, Connor Timmons coming back from his injury is huge, and that was great for him. But when you think of like just watching a game, it was hey, like people people prioritize games over health all the time. That's why we like okay. the NFL. All right, someone commented. <laughs> Texas Bronco commented. Uh, the person who won the week is everybody who didn't watch the Broncos game. <laughs> that's fair that's quality e, everyone who didn't stay up late to watch the broncos quotation marks play um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then someone just said rocky's blow <laughs> facts all right <laughs> i can't i've got nothing take that drew <laughs> you cover a bad team you must suck too <laughs> you know it, it, it's it happened. It's they lose a lot of baseball games right now. Yeah. Yep. Yo, road to 100. Yeah. They can't. Another, they, they another can't, season. Yeah, can't lose 100. They might not even finish in last place, you know? The Padres may be that yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Check out your Padres. Yeah. Well spent money on Manny Machado. Yeah. Way to go. Is, is that why the Rockies win the week? Because the Padres suck? Yeah. I could see that. I got, <laughs> I got a better reason. But sure. Yeah. All right, Drew. Why do the Rockies win the week this week? Well, the Rockies win the week this week because they took two series in a row. They might take a third one, and they're winning games against good teams. But beyond, like, as Harrison kind of pointed out earlier, who cares that they're winning these baseball games? Putting the the W on the left side doesn't really mean that much. What matters is how they're winning them. And it's with their young guys who are going to be major contributors moving forward. It's the Hampson, McMahon, Diaz, Estevez contingency that are really stepping up into their own. We're seeing some really fun and interesting things out of Sam Hilliard. We haven't seen as much Dom Nunez as I would like, but when he's been in there, he's looked really good. Mm. And so, yeah, I know. 
Drew Butera. But, uh, well, there's he, he got there's a seconds. pitcher thing going on there, and I think he's actually done a lot to help, particularly Peter Lambert, find a little <laughs> bit of confidence. Uh, I, I don't think Butera is going to be a factor moving forward, so I'm not concerned about that. These young guys who are helping the Rockies win games and having big moments, particularly Hampson as a breakout. Three seconds. That's Garrett Hampson won the week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> After all of that. Bam. You get it in the end. <laughs> she gave me three seconds. I got. I like you to summarize your argument. We, we have competing ideals. She wants to like yell at us and like push her buzzer and be like, "No," <laughs> and we all are like, "No, we're not letting that happen under no circumstances." Okay, you're going with that. Garrett Hampson won the week. Yeah, clearly. Okay. Look at him. <laughs> Well, I mean, there. I don't have anything for the Nuggets winning the week. I, <laughs> Come I really on. Don't. Training camp is in two weeks. Everybody's healthy. Um, World champion. They're probably going to be the. They're probably going to be the best team in uh, Colorado next year. Wancho did get gold medal. Get, get the gold for Spain at uh at the FIBA World Cup. So That's I, a good I guess one. we could Wancho say that. The week. Yeah, Spain was probably the best team, top to bottom in that tournament. I think they deserve to win. And yeah, can't help but feel good for him. He deserves it. Okay, well, you had you have 32 <laughs> seconds left. Do you want to give an argument as to why the Broncos won the week? I could give an argument to why the Broncos won the week. Okay. They got one step closer to tanking for uh, Tua. <laughs> Atta baby. <laughs> no, they didn't. Because they're going to win at least one game, and Miami may not do that. Well, if they go 0-3, what, what I'm saying is if they go 0-3, like, what is the point after that? Then you have to tank. You're not also, coming back from 0-3. I know crazy stuff could happen in football, so... But I mean, oh, and no. three two teams last year, the Colts and Texans went to the playoffs. One started oh, and four, the other oh, and five. So, it yeah, that's not happening with the Broncos. Yeah, but they also <laughs> play in the same division. The Broncos right, aren't winning the division. I think we know do. that they're not. They're right. going to have to get a wild card. OK, so, well. I mean, they should just start tanking if they lose to the Packers, which they probably will. Trade Chris Harris and a handful of other o- older guys. Yeah, I mean, what's the point? What's the point winning five games? Just, like, be like, because Chris Harris is going to leave anyway. So. Yeah. I thought we were over the negative talk, guys. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just, it's just what it is. It is <laughs> yeah. what it is. Okay, AJ, why do the Avs win the week? I think Miko Rantanen won the week because Mitch Marner signed an insane six-year deal with Toronto, and that be immediately became his contract comparable, and instead of getting – what they were talking about was a six-year deal in the low nine per year. Uh, he's now going to get ten, ten and a half. And so, you know, over six years, it's a pretty nice little little bump there. He's going to get an extra million per year because Mitch Marner signed a crazy contract in Toronto, completely caved and gave in to him completely. And now that's the, the, the big comparable. Rantanen has outscored Marner over the last two years and fewer games played. Uh, and, you know, he's going to continue to play next to an elite center, Nathan McKinnon, throughout the duration of his 20s. You have 15 so seconds. I think M- Miko Rantanen won because uh, his he's went from I'm going to make a lot of money to I'm going to make a little bit more money. Yeah, and well. <laughs> we don't have real games going on, and they got smoked last night. So <laughs> gonna Hey, say, but the hockey American is dream. back. They, can, yeah. they deserve to win the week. And yeah, I'm not going to go the Broncos route and say that they, they win the week because they <laughs> exist. Uh, being at Pepsi Center – Last night was so fun. I just got like playoff flashbacks, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> we got a long way to go. <laughs> I know, but still. But speaking of, I really, I'm sad I didn't talk about it last week. But guys, I went to Lolly Park, Lollipop Park. Yeah, what is that? I don't know. Yeah, it's legendary. It's in. It's the at where the Avs practice. It's the amusement oh that park. family fun center thing. Yes. yes. 
oh my god <laughs> it is worse than you can imagine the whole building or the whole building like you walk in and you're like a professional hockey team practices here like sets up shop here and the players don't have to go through the front so i like understand why it's better for them but i was <laughs> like to see all that um excuse me this looks like where i learned to like ice skate like the oklahoma what? city thunder used to practice in a converted roller skating rink but i believe they've fixed it up quite a bit <laughs> so it doesn't look like one anymore but that's what happened when they you know first moved from seattle wow clay bennett yeah we gotta I think it looks least. better now, though. We got to take I a hope. field trip to. So they're the abs aren't showing that off to their free agents when they come to visit. <laughs> they go through the back. Check they out her practice I facility. Don't, I don't even think they take them to FSC. There's, there's <laughs> oh my god! Come to Lollipop. It's yeah. great for kids, but the fact is that a professional hockey team yeah. that practices there is just like mind-boggling. And like the way that they conducted business during training camp was unreal because the abs were using both sheets. Mm -hmm. They were alternating. And then when the abs moved over to one sheet, the FSC was like, oh, let's have an open skate with a bunch of kids That's on the other ice. I was going to say. Did <laughs> the so abs have to, like, hurry up off the ice for open skate well, at, like, so 3 o'clock? They, <laughs> they had to wait. They had to wait to switch sheets. And, like, oh my God. abs coaches and, like, the their security dudes were going ballistic <laughs> because they, they, they had opened up an open skate. And there's, like, little kids, like, out there with, like, Hilarious, like skating man. coaches, like, learning to skate, like, falling down. And it's, like, there's an NHL team sitting in there in the locker room, like, so do we wait or, like, what goes on here? It's wild. That is unreal. Yeah. Well, and then when they switch sheets, uh, one of the days they were switching from one to the other. The Zamboni guy hadn't finished yet. Mm. Like, it was like, dude. Like, and so they're just sitting there on the bench watching the dude zam the ice. I hope we get to one point where there's an open skate going on on one half of the arena, and the abs are practicing on the other sh half of the ice. It's <laughs> it's regular during the regular season. It's very normal to walk in there. And they're having figure skating practice on one rink, and the abs are practicing on the other. That is unreal. And like the wow. music is blaring for the you know there and the and it's like figure skating music, of course. You're like, what in the world? It's like Phantom of the Opera like going on. Right, right exactly. <laughs> and then the abs are practicing on the other side. And you're like, this is oddly appropriate. At least in my experience, so in Philly, I learned how to ice skate where the Flyers practice, yeah. and that's why I don't like the Flyers because they were mean to us little girls practicing how to ice skate. Um, I mean, that, that, that facility is where I learned how to ice skate. That's yeah. where I learned how to play hockey. I grew up there. And then in D.C., the Caps also play in a or practice in a facility that's like connected to a mall where they're there. It is like really done up. So like they put money into it, but it is where you like go for like birthdays still. So well, I feel like it's not like the craziest thing in the world that they don't have their own facility. The Caps, I know, put a. I know they they practice in Kettler now, which is like a whole ice plex. Oh, really? Yeah, they they have their whole and it's and it's what's becoming standard in the NHL is like what Anaheim just built, which is like a state of the art. It's mm. super nice. When I grew up, they played in like in the ice skating rink connected to the mall. Like there's a door nice. where you can go shopping. <laughs> <right after. laughs> most of these most of these teams now have like separate facilities that have oh. like three or four ice rinks on them and they practice and you know they host a bunch of rec leagues there and that's how they make their money year-round but the teams also host events there and yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. but yeah fsc is just like oh it's so crazy. bad um andre do you want to make a case for anyone who won the week 
the Buffs, maybe. I, I really think you guys undersold the the Broncos here. I'm seeing some clear <laughs> improvements. I think Joe Flacco's the best quarterback since uh, post Peyton Manning era. Well, he probably is. Well, I mean, yeah, probably, that's hard to. He clearly is. <laughs> probably better argue? than Manning in his last year. To be hundred percent, right? When they won the Super Bowl, or Brock for that matter, in that yeah. same season. So, I mean, I think there's a lot to be encouraged with the Broncos, <laughs> even if they go. 0 yes, 3. give me. Okay, go. Why did Why do the Broncos? Because they win can the tank finally. No, Harrison, <laughs> let Andre <laughs> be positive and the talk. De- the defense played really well, despite playing poorly and no one playing good outside of like two dbs three dbs so it played really they were well going against mitch, against trubisky. mitch trubisky let him man. talk <laughs> and i mean Derek carr but you know trubisky did go to the playoffs the bears are running like a college triple envy. option offense at times. that's the thing everyone's gonna it. run the quick the quick game it's just like gonna it. be broncos running quick game because they don't trust their offensive tackles and the mm-hmm. opponents running the quick game because they don't trust their offensive tackles because of the broncos pass rushes um, no, I've fun. Look. So Joe Flacco won the week. Joe Flacco won the week. Okay. Clearly <laughs> with yeah. the game winning comeback. Oh, that th- that throw in the red zone was awesome. I love that interception. That was the tip. And he also throw. had that other the one that should have been an interception. Did that you that not see dropped. the touchdown though? Did you I mean, see the touchdown? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was I a good throw. It was yeah. a quality yes, throw. Yes, Andre, I'm glad throw. you spoke up. The Broncos the fans best, need representation. the best play <laughs> anyone's made in Denver sports all week. That touchdown throw. Lies. Easily. Are the, you kidding me? Bowen Byram scored into his own net last night. <laughs> uh, exactly. Thank you. That Thank was you. awesome. Do you Thank know how you. hard it is to do that? Yeah, Man, that, that seems all, like really hard. It is. I've it done it does before own in soccer. Goals, it's not like soccer, okay? Yeah. Own goals takes just talent. don't happen in hockey. Especially like that. Like normally own goals, it's like, oh, a puck like banks off a guy's knee or something. No, Bowen Byram just straight up scored on his own net last night. <laughs> it was awesome. Pavel was in goal there? No, Werner was. Nah. Drew, yeah, you probably said... Do- that probably doesn't bode well for that goalie. Either. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, I mean, you're never expecting your teammate to shoot on you. <laughs> True, but I mean... Like, yeah. you're, not, you're not like, oh, I need to get ready to prepared. go down to the butterfly because my teammate's going to fire this thing at me. <laughs> like, Drew, you said <laughs> false completely, so why? What, false. What Rocky's player Lies. has done better? Well, obviously, Garrett Hampton, <laughs> your boy. <but laughs> clearly, well, he won the week. Duh. Several three-hit like, games? Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. It was fun. Uh, no, he had no. he had, that w- that was a yeah Garrett Hampson stat from last week. Uh, the other day he matched his career high f- with three hits. He's done that three times, all in the last week. Uh, okay. Yeah, he's really. But there was that day when Ryan McMahon hit two home runs and drove in four the other day and made a diving stop up the middle to start a, a double play in a game they beat the NL Central leading St. Louis Cardinals. So no, Joe Flacco did not have the best performance. I probably <laughs> didn't give Wancho enough credit either for winning no, the gold. You waved the white so. towel on the Nuggets winning the week. You're done. <laughs> the du- the well, Nuggets I mean, don't, you're done. You and you the- mentioned, by the way, people voting on Twitter. What Drew just said about Garrett Hampson doesn't count. Only what he said <laughs> on the clock. So he also lost the week. Well, no I mean, one's voting for Nico either. Just be a white flag. <laughs> now, the World Cup doesn't mean anything in this country, as we saw with Team USA this year. It means a lot in Spain. So. Like the top 30 guys were like, no, we're not going to. Yeah, now, the they, Nuggets they didn't need less. to win the week. They're going to win the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a line. And true. with that, we're just going to end it right there. That was like a Michael Malone, like, <laughs> drop the mic line. Well, thanks to everyone who is listening. Be sure to vote on Twitter on the poll of who you think won the week. Be sure to leave us uh, questions in the comments and and reviews and ratings. Why not? But all right. Till next week. Thanks, guys. Thank <laughs> you.
Mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.